Welcome, welcome to another amazing episode of an untapped acquaintance. It's your boy B. And it's your boy Sam. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Hope you guys are living and loving life. We have a special, special guest, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, as you guys know, always that you we always hit you guys up with a quote for the week. And it is you'll never feel hundred percent ready. Just do it. Mm. Gotta take the risk. Take the risk. Dive in. Because what they say? You'll never uh about the shots Oh you only miss the shots you don't take <laughs> Only miss the shots you don't take Um, We'll take a biblical God knows your plans he, He's already plotted it for you So if you feel that gut instinct That you should just do it He's putting that in you just to say Like trust in me mm. That I know where you're gonna be at Because if you're not You're just going in ro- like your fleshy views And you're the worldly views is like Oh I'm gonna fail Yeah You can almost uh, Tie that in to faith Exactly You know cause sometimes As uh, as adults We lack faith mm. And sometimes like you're, you're Pulling teeth Just to rely on faith And you're like Man should I really Rely on faith Or should I just rely On my own understanding Yeah You People have It's that, that Your conscience That's literally What it is your conscience is God speaking to you, whether it's the right thing, the wrong, the, the, the wrong thing to do, what to say. Because sometimes you have that like that instinct to like, man, I just want to tell this person something because I know where they're at. And then you just don't do it. And it's like, I missed my moment to help, mm-hmm. to help somebody. Yeah, exactly. You know? But I hope you guys take that into effect this week. Um, whether it be your job, a new business venture, your family, or for even yourself, you just never feel 100% ready. Execute, be an executor. Mm-hmm. All right. But, um, like I said, we have a special, special guest. I'm excited for this one. <laughs> I've been, <laughs> look, <laughs> I've been excited all week, um, to talk to this man. Um, we linked up a couple times. And then we had a group at church and uh, just want to dive deep into his life, who he is, what God's been really doing in in, in him and for his marriage and his family. Um, I want you guys to welcome, introduce yourself, Joe Garcia. Hey, thanks for having me. Been looking forward to since we <laughs> talked about it at church last month, I think. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And it's, I mean, even in that month, there's been a lot of growth going. Damn, that's good, man. Big growth, um, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh I mean last month was our one year anniversary of going to Grace Avenue. Hey. And in that one year, uh man, gotta give all the glory to God. It's been a huge transformation. Yeah. Like you're saying, like our our um our path has already been written. We just have to trust in God. As he said, I am the way. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you know, just gotta follow follow yeah. his path. Got a <clears throat> honestly, man. Like when when you kind of like go against what's been planned for you, you're missing your blessings and missing those opportunities that he's already set forth for you. And sometimes people look for the answer of God in 
um, physical form, right? Yep. Um, whether it be a yes or a no, or he might put like, like little hints in your way mm-hmm. of, hey, I'm working this for you. Absolutely. He'll put people in your path too. Yeah. And it's yeah. like so obvious sometimes you can't deny it. <laughs> you know, we want to go our own. We want to follow our flesh. Yeah. You know, but God puts people in your way to like reassure you. Oh yeah. Of course. Where you're meant to be. Yeah. But I want to, I want to save all yeah. this for, <laughs> all <right. laughs> I want to save all this for when we dive deep into um, who you are and, you know, mm-hmm. um, how you came into your faith and everything. Um, but we all know every week we have a review. <laughs> uh, this one, again, it's provided by our buddy, Joe. <laughs> Joe Schwickler yeah. is our sponsor. He's a sponsor okay. for the week. <laughs> now he, um, so we had done a, a leadership uh, retreat and him and I were kind of talking about this, this, this brewery because Ashley kind of introduced me to this. It's a sour. It's from wild mind ales. It's called static spectrum. It's a smoothie style sour ale with blackberry, banana, and milk sugar. It's a four and a halfer. It's a four and a halfer. It's a light one. It's a little light one. It's a, it's definitely a summer beer. Absolutely. Definitely a summer beer. Something you just like sit back and just want to cool off, you know? For sure. After you mow the lawn. Also thou. Or floating the river. <laughs> floating the river. There you go. Um, it has a great color. Um, if you guys, I'll, I'll take a picture of it and I'll put, you know, we always put it up on our, on our, um, our IG, but it has like a. Like hmm. a wine look, like a what do you call it, Joe? Sangria. A sangria. 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 Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I want to jump into this these little questions, this or that. I want to know you guys' you guys' thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. Um so would you guys rather do salty or sweet? Salty. Yeah, depends on the salt. Is it like tahine or, or is it just like regular table salt? Okay, let's put it like this: um, salt or sweet candies. Uh, I, I don't really have salt salty candies. I have sour candies. Is there a salty? Well, there's candy? salt in there, right? Is there? Well, yeah, like the sour. They have like a little bit of salt. Yeah, I'll take the salt. I'm not, yeah. too, I'm not too big on the sweets, man. Deep sea or outer space? For what? To to like go venture? Yeah, this or that. Like uh, outer space. I say deep sea. Deep sea. Yeah. Like how deep though? I want to touch the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> like you want to go in like a little submarine and like all the way down to all where the Titanic is at? To where it's like, and then the the. The dust or the, the dust, dust comes dust. off. The cracking comes out. <laughs> <laughs> you just see the little bulb. Like, a, what's that one movie? Is it Nemo? Did <laughs> Nemo? The little, the, the angler? Yeah. The angler fish? Oh, that, yeah. I, honestly, man. But that's the, th- that's the thing that's interesting. We've only, what, discovered like a certain, like only a small portion of what's like, in like water. it's like 20% of the ocean. Bro, that's nothing, bro. That's it's nothing. nothing. Same thing with space. Same thing. You know, that's what freaks me out. It's like space just goes. And it, and it keeps going. Yeah. You keep up with space, like NASA I projects try and all to. that. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. They, um, you know, the Voyager and Voyager One, right? Yeah. And they've they've sent back a bunch of like transmissions from. That thing is out of our out of our um, solar system, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's within our galaxy, but it's out of our solar system, and like the sounds it makes is spooky. Yeah. It's eerie. For real. If you ever get the time, time Sam, look up Voyager One, Voyager Two transmissions. Trans and transmission. Transmission. Like a yeah, like they're sending out a no. signal. Oh, and they're getting something back. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a recording kinda, of it. That's kind of sus. It's weird, dude. Like it, you just hear like this. It, it sounds like radio waves, but uh-huh. then it's like um, like an eerie sound. Mm-hmm. Like it, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, because when I listen to them, like, dude, just imagine being out there by yourself and it's like. That's how it sounded. Yeah. There's no wind. Mm. No wind in space, but you hear that 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 weird eerie sound. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I think the sea the sea scares me. I'd rather be in space. Deep sea scares me. Because at least in space there's light from the stars. When you're in yeah. deep sea, it's just dark. Dark. But that's, that, but that's like the cool part because you don't know what you're what you're gonna run into. But then a giant squid comes and takes you. What if it's <laughs> not even a giant squid? What if it's a species we don't even know about? What if it's like a squid with a whale mixed together? You don't know that. A squail? A squail. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Squail. Just like that's a squail. That's a squail right there. <laughs> that's wild, dude. Um, I think. Breakfast or dinner? E, I'm gonna have to go breakfast. Breakfast. Sometimes we do breakfast for dinner. Mm, that's pan. Wait, pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Pancakes. No, no wait. Pancakes, waffles, or French toast? Pancakes. Belgium it, waffle. It has to be I'm made to right though. Joe. The pancakes have to be made right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with the waffle. Like One it can't be too flimsy, yeah. but it has to be like the right amount of crispy. It can't be too doughy. Yeah. It can't be, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had Waffle House waffles? Oh, the top notch. Top notch. Yeah. The little squares. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. And you just drown it in syrup with butter. Drown it. They need to open one up in San Antonio. They have, they're, they're, the closest one is Austin, no? They're thinking about opening up one on your side. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, they should open it up in the east side. Ah. Uh, so, so, you know, so they cook it good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think Waffle I mean, House hits different when it's like at mm-hmm. three in the morning. It's really it, it's different. Like yeah. if you're if it's like late afternoon and you're just passing by, like traveling on a road trip, and you go to Waffle mm-hmm. House, it's like this doesn't taste. The you same. know, no. you know it's gonna taste good when it smells like cigarettes and such. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know it's gonna be good when you first walk into the door and then the cook and the <laughs> the people are the the guests are arguing. Yeah, you already know this is about to be this is about to hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be what? Uh, what do they call it? World star moment, <laughs> dude. That was it. Uh, oh, it was Roscoe's PNB Rock. Mm. Mm, R.I.P. It's like um. Have, it, have you noticed that um, all the artists that have been dying from that label, like Dolph, PNB Rock. Oh yeah, they're all from that label. Hmm. They don't. They don't provide them with security. No, not at all. Um, so last one. 
Are you spring, summer, fall, or winter? I'm between fall and winter. I like the cold, but I don't like it too cold. But I, I don't mind it being stupid cold. Yeah, I don't mind it being dumb cold. Like I'd rather yeah. be cold than being hot. I, hate I was sweating, bro. Mm-hmm. I was super happy when it snowed. Bro, I was happy yeah. this morning, bro. It was like oh yeah, it's like seventy degrees. <laughs> Perfect. Was it? Yes, bro. Yes, seventy, and it was like a cool breeze. Bro, it was amazing. Where were you guys at? At my house, letting my dog. Oh, out. you're on that side, aren't you? The, like by four ten and I ten. I'm over there by sixteen oh four ninety. Nah, bro. That's like the. Cold. It was hot over here, <laughs> bro. Out. It was a one. Nah, it was. I got out, I got out of the car walking into onto uh, into my office and I was like, dude, it's it's. What time was that though? Seven thirty. Damn. Yeah, so it's they didn't show no love over here. No, no, <laughs> it's weird because when it, okay, so for instance, if we're on your side of town, right, mm-hmm. and it's just downpour, over here is dry, dry, mm-hmm. or if sometimes it seems like it'll rain around our house mm-hmm. and never get hot. I mean, like wet, just dry, dry. My neighbors will be wet. wet. This one will be wet, dry. Don't know what it is. Our our yard's cracking because it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I want to before we get into the meat of everything. I want to know what you guys' weeks have been because. I know it's been a wild week for everyone, and I think that's when it's going to lead us into um, how we just deal with everything, right? Mm-hmm. How we deal with life. But how's your week been, bro? Sam? It's been good. Uh, I'm learning. Well, I, I, they gave me a, a month to learn bass at church, just a month. So I've been like, practicing and then today was like my first practice how'd you do i did good yeah, yeah i did you're good. slapping the bass not slapping yet i want to we'll get there is that a, is that a thing yeah yeah slap is more like in funk uh i've just heard people saying that slapping the bass mm-hmm. you know where it's from it's a movie quote i, I love you man yes because <laughs> he's talking about like rush is like his yeah. favorite band yeah i love yeah, that movie it's, it's been good man uh, work's been good. Uh, I was more like relieved right after I got out of practice. I, like, yeah. I did good. Oh, you felt it then? Yeah, I was like, all right, I'm good. Yeah, because I was nervous, bro. I mean, I I don't know how to read music. So I'm learning how mm-hmm. to read music. Like, I'm learning a whole new instrument that I have nothing. Like, I, I have, it's all French to me. You've never played bass? I've never played bass in my life, bro. I don't even know how to read music. Now remember, I do. Remember a little bit. Remember what I said this morning to you? What? Okay, so I was listening to um Oh the T D Jakes? Yeah. Yeah. So he basically said Stop hanging around the people that um do everything that you do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Because sooner or later they're gonna compete with you and they're gonna wanna just push you to the side. Hang around people that Know things that you don't know. That way it can build you 
as a well-rounded person and complete you and to build a team with your weaknesses. Mm. Yeah. It's the only way to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you build a team with like strong people, just you know they're strong in everything they do. Everybody's strong. Like everyone's there's, strong, there's and not what, really like a balance. What are you learning from each other? Mm-hmm. You know, or what are you teaching somebody? And, and then that's when you start competing with each other because you're like, no, no, I'm stronger. And then you're like, no, I'm stronger. And then you have that, and, and then you're just outworking each other. Outworking, and, trying. You're not building anything with each mm-hmm. other, you know. And that's where that came into mind when you were talking about it because. If 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 someone had said, "Hey, if they had never said, I want you to learn how to do play bass," would you have ever picked it up? Uh, I wanted to, but I was like, "Nah, I like I'll just stick to my one instrument." But then they were like, "Hey, we want you to learn bass. These are songs. Here's a bass. Go for it. That's it." So I was like, "All right, cool." And that's what you want. Like you want people that are going to push you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Because what, what do we always say? Uh, discomfort is a sign of growth. Yep. Yeah. It's, and it, once you start to learn something, it it makes you feel, I don't know, accomplished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel kind of proud because I'm like, man, I did this. I'm, I'm AM shooting on Sunday too. For real? Make sure you like do the the low low bass stance, like like uh yeah, like my man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I need you to do that, bro. Just one shot. I got Matter you. of fact, I'll come in there early when you guys are practicing, and I just need that one low just <laughs> new profile pic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slap that bass, slapping slap it. <laughs> you, Joe, what's going on, man? Oh, man, it's been a busy week. Um, you know, both our boys were sick. You know, we're dealing with allergies mm-hmm. in the Garcia household. Mm. It just takes out my oldest, Jackson. It just takes him out. Really? So that was Tuesday and Wednesday. And then, you know, teaching Freedom Group and uh, or co-leading Freedom Group on Tuesday. And then we have our marriage class on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So going to like so if anyone does has never been to our church or um wants to know what Freedom Group is, just like what's a, a brief description about Freedom Group? Freedom Group really, um and I explained this on Tuesday, what it does, it like really brings out what's holding you what's bonding you, mm. what's holding you back from your goals, like your dreams, what God's putting in your heart. Yeah. And it teaches you how to surrender that. To be able to live in freedom. Yeah. To walk in freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's just not men, right? No, it's men and women. Two I different mean, groups. two different groups, but yeah. yeah. And it, it did. I mean, I went through it. I've co-led. You've went through it. You're co-leading now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different on each standpoint, like each view. But it worked. It, if you actually lean in. And surrender, yep. be vulnerable, actually like talk. Yeah. You'll you'll start to see things just things just get revealed. <laughs> revealed. And we were talking about that earlier, you know? Um which which leads to I wanna know and we all wanna know like who is Joe? 
who is Joe? Man, I'm trying to trying to figure that out too. I'm just kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> um. Well, I got two boys. You know, Jackson and Jonah. Uh, Jackson's two. Jonah is about to be one next month, which blows my mind. You know, and uh, been married to Monica going on on nine years. Dang. Yeah. So we were babies when we met each other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think she was she was turning. She was twenty when we met. Mm-hmm. Twenty, and I was twenty-three. Mm. Oh, y'all were. So y'all were just coming into life. Yep. So you you guys have grown and learned. We've grown together. Yep. Yeah, I've been through the mud. How old are you now? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. So, twelve years. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. <sighs> it's my ride or die. That's your best friend. Yeah. You know. Like you Absolutely. like people have best friends like outside the marriage, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to it, when people ask like a married a married couple, who's your best friend? Like you, it should be my husband or my wife. Yeah, you spend each and every day with each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean life challenges you. I mean at first, like I said, that's really what brought us together, and then life tests you, and then it's till now where we realize like, like. We're one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're one flesh. That's good. Like it was just recently where that like resonated. Yeah. So now it's like I see her and it's like we're one. And now we created life. So we're raising life together. <clears throat> what was your upbringing like? And so we, we talked about this earlier and, you know, when you and I were talking, it's basically I, I wanted to know. Just a little bit, right? Yeah. But what was your upbringing like? Um, I think it's very relatable. I mean, we, um, my, I'm the second youngest out of five. So uh, my dad was always working, you know, so like we hardly got to see him. You know, when we grew up, um, my mom, she's Catholic. Mm -hmm. So like we used to go to Sunday school, you know, we did our, baptism first communion and then we kind of stepped away from faith whenever we noticed our dad wasn't going to church Mm -hmm. so we started questioning it we're like well how come dad doesn't have to go Mm. and then so he told us i remember him telling us he's like well if you don't want to go you don't have to go but back then we were kids so we saw it as a chore so we stopped Mm. going and uh like i said you know and I don't blame them. You know, they did the best that they could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, um, you know, growing up, I realized, like, there was something missing. Mm-hmm. So when I was 17 years old, um, I knew there was something else for me. So I had enlisted in the Marine Corps mm-hmm. at 17 years old. So I still had my senior year of high school to go. Yeah. And uh, my parents didn't want they don't they had to sign for me the waiver. And they didn't want to. And I was like, well, I was like, you can either do it now or whenever I turn 18, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, so they ended up signing up, graduated high school. Two weeks later, I was gone. Went to boot camp. What, what made you want to uh, sign into the Marines? Honestly, the uniform. Really? <laughs> it's always. <laughs> hey, Marine, they're, they're hey, dope, though. Marines are always like, it's, it, they're, they're nice. Yeah. Well, because my, are. we're really. What really inspired that was my brother. 
my brother had joined the army. Yeah. And, um, I think that was two years prior. So I was like, man, I saw what the military did to him mm-hmm. and like the discipline. And I was like, man, I want that. Mm. And so I was, I was really going to go to the army recruiting office, but then they had the Marine Corps uniform on the window. What? And I was like, yeah, at the recruiting office, they had the uniform up front. Like the physical uniform? The, no, no, the, um. The dress blues. Oh, no, like a physical, yeah. like a physical dress blues. Yeah. Wasn't a picture? No. Jesus. Yeah, mm. they knew what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I got sold. Um, so I saw it, and the recruiter was like, there's only one way to get that. Uh, was like, follow dang. me. <laughs> yeah. It was like he challenged you. Yep. Okay. I want to, so with your upbringing, right, mm-hmm. how you, how you said, um, your dad kind of set the example of you not, yeah, basically not going right. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm bringing this up because I know that not just our church, but other churches too. Sometimes, well, most of the time, it's the percentage is high with women mm-hmm. being there, um, and then a lot of the times you see that. If there's a family, a family that's there, mm-hmm. and then they stop coming, or the kids and the husband start coming, the kids stop coming because dad. Yeah, right. Um, and you see an example of that with you, yeah. like your parent, your mom was basically trying to raise you guys up in the church, mm-hmm. but your dad set the example like you guys don't have to go because I don't want to go. Yeah, you know, and I think it's like it leads. It leads into a lot with with adulthood. Absolutely. Uh, Like the decisions. Yeah, because I mean, like my dad was, you know, of course, the head of the household. So he was leading his family. Yeah. You know, but for him, it was more, he was a provider. Mm. You know, he was always working. So he was never really there to like have conversations with us. And a little bit of backstory too, like both my parents, because I'm first generation American. Mm. Both my parents are Mexican. Mm. And um, I think my dad, he only finished like elementary school. They both did. So like we got to a point where they couldn't help us with homework anymore Mm -hmm. because they didn't know. Yeah. So like that's when that detachment started happening because there was nothing that they could, like school wise, you know, like he would try to help us. Mm-hmm. But once he realized it was beyond his understanding, he kind of detached from it. Instead of like learning with us, it just like, all right, like, I don't know, like you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think ever since then, it's like where it sparked that. All right. Like survival instinct. Like I got to teach myself. The survival instinct and then also seeing your, your parents work yeah. work for a living, right? Did that instill something in you? Oh, yeah. I mean, he taught me work ethic. Like, yeah. I got my work ethic from my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because, uh, I mean, you know, being a Mexican household, you know, like, he was the one that worked. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And... Uh, so he was always working like he always had that grind. Yeah. You know, he did whatever he could to make sure 
We had clothes on our back. We had food on the table, roof over our head. So, like, that's what he instilled in me. It's like being the provider for my family. Yeah. I, I kind of chuckled a little bit because it yeah. brought it brought back um, a question that I was asked, and it was like, what did your dad teach you? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you, sometimes people are like, what do say? Oh, my dad, I wish my dad taught me how to change oil. Mm-hmm. Or I wish my dad taught me how to build a house. Yeah. But then sometimes it's, my dad taught me how to provide. Mm. Yeah. My dad taught me how to protect. My dad taught me how to lead. My dad taught me work ethic. And it's not like a verbal teaching. It's what you saw. Absolutely. Yeah, because he didn't like sit me down and teach me. Mm-hmm. Like I learned by watching him. Yeah. And it, you being a father of two boys, right? Mm-hmm. What is something that you want them to see from you? For me, if I can teach them anything, is to love God. To just have that faith. Like no matter what life throws at you, you know, they're going to have their earthly father to mm-hmm. go to, but they're always going to have their heavenly father to run to. Mm. Yeah. And that's the biggest takeaway. If I can teach them anything, it would be that. And that's, I can only teach them that by not just teaching them, but them seeing it. Mm. Yeah. That's good, man. Mm-hmm. That's good. <clears throat> so at the age of 17, you signed, your parents signed you for, sign, they signed your paperwork, your waivers for the Marines. You leave after that and you start your military career. Yep. Like I said, two weeks later, I was gone, went to San Diego. Um, and then I did, I was in California, you know, for probably my first year because of like basic training, my um, technical school. So I was in, like I said, I was in California for about a year. And then from there, I was stationed in Yuma, Arizona, where I did my first deployment and uh, went to Iraq, you know, did my, my tour out there. And it was like, this was back in 2006. So things are still pretty heated, hmm. you know, and it was like my taste of what, and it was, um, actually had volunteered cause they needed bodies to go and do a security detachment. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, they're like, Hey, like, you know, this, this detachment needs people. I was like, do you want to deploy for security? Yeah. And here I am 18, 19 years old. And I'm like, this is what I signed up for. Yeah. I was like, let's do it. And, um, yeah, like I said, it was like a scene out of a movie. You know, we landed, the back of the C-130 opened up, and there was like black smoke in the distance, where we found out later on that a uh, um, uh, helo had been shot down. And we're like, man, here we go. Dang. It's like, this is it. <sighs> yeah. And you're out, you're what, 17? No, I was uh, 18, 18, probably 19. I was 19. 19, yeah. that's your first taste of adulthood right there yeah so you were and i mean imagine being 19 years old and like before you deploy like you're writing a will 
you know, and that's where it hits you. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, like 19 years old, writing your own will. Yeah. It's a, it's a possibility. Like yeah. you won't make yeah. it back. Exactly. That's where like reality hits you. It's like, yeah. Like you might not come back. See, our, mil- our military careers are different. I was, mm-hmm. I was Navy on a ship. Right. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me like, Oh, how was the, how was the military? Bro, Navy's cake ride. <laughs> you get on a boat, you do your you deployment, you go on a cruise, yeah. a cruise, <laughs> you stop in different ports. Yep. You basically party and mm-hmm. you come back on and you go back out to sea for the next month, two mm-hmm. months, and you go back to port, right? Yeah. But for you, in your first deployment, right? Mm-hmm. How was that? I mean, it makes you're, you grow up. Your security forces? No, I was, uh, like I said, we were doing, it was a security detachment. So, like, we did uh, patrols, like we did um perimeter security okay mm-hmm. um so that's and we did uh what they called a quick reaction force mm-hmm. so the same thing like that helo that was shot down like if we were on duty like we would have to go out there provide security Dang. and pretty much just that that's what it was yeah mm-hmm. so that was your how long were you out there seven months so that's your yeah. first seven months yeah and you come back mm-hmm and then what was your mindset coming back? How long were you back for? Um, I was back for about six months, and then I got stationed. I had gotten orders to go to Japan. Hmm. Damn. And I was like, man, I was like, I haven't even been back a year. Now I'm yeah. going back overseas for two years. You know, but um, to touch back on your other question, and I actually shared it this morning was and that's why i wear my memorial bracelet because a buddy of mine didn't make it back this was probably like a month before we were leaving Mm -hmm. so like we're already like making plans and stuff like that like oh i can't wait to like go back to like our significant others and stuff like that and he doesn't make it back so like that was an eye-opener of how life can be taken so quickly yeah and that's why I still wear this bracelet because it's a reminder. Yeah. You know, his life got taken, but, you know, like I'll try to do whatever I can to honor him. Yeah. That's yeah. good, man. Mm-hmm. It's good. I know it's, <clears throat> as veterans and the camaraderie and brotherhood, right? When you yeah. get out, mm-hmm. when you get out and people say, what do you miss? For the military is the camaraderie and the brotherhood that you get out of it. That's the number one. You would never, mm-hmm. I don't want to say never because you can get that in what we have. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's something that a lot of men look for in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Where they can go to a brother, a brother and like, Hey dude, I just want to talk to you, bro. Yeah. And it's weird that in those times, like, you can just talk yeah. and they're, they're there for you, you know? Yeah. And so I got buddies of mine that, you know, that I've known for years. Like there's one that I can think of right now. He was actually, um, two of them. They were, um, you know, best friends. We were in Japan together and, um, we were in uh, Japan together. This was probably 2008. 
2009 and I still talk to him. Yeah. Damn. And those are the ones that, you know, we can go months without talking. Yeah. Pick up the phone and it's like, you know, it's pick, like I just saw him yesterday. You picked up where you left off. Exactly. You know, there's no awkwardness. There's nothing. It's just like that bond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because you you shared certain moments of your life that yeah. no one can understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you come back. You're deployed. You're, you're, you're stationed in Japan? In Japan. Yeah, I was there for uh, for about, yeah, two years. Oh. Yeah. So there was more. I mean, I, re- I kind of regret not taking advantage of it because we went to a lot of, um, like, I went to, like, all over Southeast Asia. But the same thing. Like, all we did was party. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's like <laughs> we worked hard and we played hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like our, our mindset. But then again, right? Mm-hmm. You're at that point. I'm twenty, just turning twenty-one. Just turning twenty-one. Mm-hmm. You, you don't think at twenty-one. Mm-hmm. You don't think like, oh, maybe I should. Let me say this again. Yeah. In the upbringing that you that we were brought up, mm-hmm. right? Because I was in the same the same mindset. You work hard. You play hard because now I have my own money. Yes. I don't have any responsibilities mm-hmm. other than paying the phone bill. Yeah. Food's paid for. Housing's paid for. Housing's paid for. Yeah. You don't. Did you have a car there? I did. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't buy a lemon. Yeah. <laughs> you have a car payment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that's basically your mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay. As long as my bills are paid, my car, my phone, I'm going to party. Yeah. But at that age, we're not thinking like maybe I should bask and just take everything in of what this culture is like. Yes. What this other country is like. Mm-hmm. Because now sometimes I wish like, man, I just wish I took two days. Yeah. And just explored, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> now, had you just met your wife? So this is actually a pretty, pretty amazing story how we met. So there's this buddy of mine that we didn't even know it. We were stationed together in Yuma. We were on the same flight to Japan. And, you know, we hit it off and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, here I am checking into my unit. And I look back. Here he comes. And I'm like, I was like <laughs> you're getting stationed here? He's like, yep. And then so that brotherhood just like clicked right yeah. away. And then so he was at the time dating his now wife. Yeah. Mm. He flew her out to Japan and um, I let him borrow my car. And I had to go to an appointment. So like they dropped me off. And jokingly, I told her, I was like, hey, like, you know, hook me up with one of your sorority sisters, mm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was just joking, you yeah. know. I was like, you know, hey, you don't uh what did it say? You don't miss the the shots you don't take. Yeah. And um so, you know, sh- shot my shot. And then sure enough, she asked me No, it's Facebook still. So she adds me, we hit it off right away. And um we were probably talking for like a few weeks. 
Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to marry you one day. Damn. Hadn't even met her in person. Oh, we were just like, damn. at that time with Skype. We were just Skyping. This wasn't the BAH talk, was it? Huh? <laughs> this wasn't what? The BAH talk? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was love, man. Like, it For, just, if just, you like, guys. What, what is that? So, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm not military. Sometimes people in the military get married for the craziest reasons, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in the in the navy there were people that were that were gay mm-hmm. married the opposite sex just to get extra money like bah yeah so when you get married you get extra funds mm-hmm. yeah 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 so like and you pay for rent yeah and stuff like that mm. you get extra you get extra cash like extra <laughs> allowance yeah like uniform allowance and all that mm-hmm. but and even with the so okay, here's a trade off, right? Say you're in the military and you hit up your your best friend, like yo yo. Let's just get married. We're just paper married. Mm-hmm. You can do what you need to do, and I'll be over here. You get doing, medical benefits. You get medical benefits. She get the whole nine yards. Yep. Mm-hmm. Without the full commitment. Just just a little extra cheddar. Yeah. Just a little extra cheddar. People just play the system. Damn. People play the system. And that's why I said it's, it wasn't just the BH. <laughs> nah. <laughs> and like I said, that's when we first met. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, and then that's, the, and it just gets crazier because, um, you know, from there I get stationed in North Carolina. And she graduates from UT. I convince her to move out to North Carolina. I would say probably like, August, September mm-hmm. time frame. And they're like, hey, you're deploying. In November, they're like, hey, you're deploying in January. And I was like, great. Mm. I was like, here we go. You know, she just moved out there and I'm just going to leave her. Yeah. And, but the, the funny thing about this is that, you know how we were talking about, like God places people in your life. Yeah. So there was this family. I mean, it's a long story, but long story short, uh, Monica meets this family and they kind of take us under their wing, like adopt us sort of like invite us over on the weekends, like Thanksgiving, like we're there. And this was my first time I saw what a family mm-hmm. looked like. And it was incredible. You know, that was my first taste. I was like, man, like this is a marriage. Like this is a family. Like, yeah. And um, like I said, they took us under the wing. I leave and then they still take care of Monica. Like she like. And the other coincidence of that. So the the wife. She is sisters of Pat Green, the country artist, small world out in North Carolina. So, you know, there's a concert going on. They invite her. Did y'all know this? No. It was just hidden. Like, you just don't tell nobody. Well, because the kids were like, oh, Uncle Pat's going to be in town, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So y'all didn't and think nothing of it. Just yeah. another deal. Yeah. Just another deal. And then Dang. when um, I was deployed in Monica's like, oh, it turns out it's Pat Green. <laughs> and there's a concert that we're going to go go to. Dang. And I was like, man, if that ain't God, like. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> So you got deployed and then, like, your wife was over here, like. Or some struggles that 
you you went through like um, of course is it gonna be like emotionally men- mentally yeah. and stuff like that what was some some things that you kind of had to go through yeah. i mean it's night and day like my first deployment i was single yeah so i was like you know like whatever mm-hmm. you know and then whenever i deployed this uh whenever i was with monica i was like man like you just it's like a part of you's missing mm-hmm. you know so that separation that's what hits you you know and it hit her too because she had just moved to a different state had just started a job and so from there that's what really hits you it's like man like she's a part of me yeah you know and so that's you know and i try to do i give her a hard time about this because like whenever i was deployed i made a vow to her i was like you know i'll get you like a charm every month that i'm gone Mm -hmm. and unfortunately in the move it got lost so i still like give her a hard time about it um but like just to like do something small to like know that i'm there for her when i'm not you know Mm. And so that was the biggest thing is the separation. Yeah. You know, from like someone that you truly can't live without. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Your, your other half. Yeah. Dang. It. Oh, man, this is crazy because I'm thinking of like, you know, that that. That era, that decade of being in the military. Mm hmm. So what Skype, email. MySpace. MySpace <laughs> text messages were still being charged. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't think like it was super hard for for couples to be in communication mm-hmm. while being deployed. Like in that era in that decade, I think there was a lot of like separation. Yeah, a lot of divorce. It is tough. Yeah. It it challenges you. So, like growing up the way you like in your in your family, and then being in your early twenties, and having a wife now, mm-hmm. right? Well, we got married whenever I got back. Oh, you got married, so yeah. you were in a serious relationship. Mm-hmm. And I know being deployed. What was what was the driving force while being deployed to like keep your head on the swivel? Now, like I said, you know, I had someone to come home to. Yeah, you know, so like that was my drive. It's like, and because and that was one of the things that drove me to getting out. Because I was like, man, like I, you know, I wouldn't be able to deploy again having a family mm. and I just, I was like, I do not want to raise a family in this environment. Yeah. And, uh, that's one of the things that, you know, kind of, cause I was going to make a career out of it, you know, cause it's, you know, to me it was easy. Like you showed up to work, you did what you were told, you went home. Yeah. You know, that was it. And it was easy Yeah, because of my upbringing, you know, like you had your chores to do, you know, if not, you're getting the chancla, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you were kind of motivated by fear, sort of. Yeah. And that was my upbringing. You know, like you got motivated by fear. 
on a side note yeah of being like in the in the in the marines right yeah so the marines is like an off branch of the mm. navy y'all had cleaning stations cleaning stations oh never mind no no bro that was some busy work well you're out to sea so uh. <laughs> you get early muster mm-hmm. right and then i think around 0800 cleaning stations uh. so you go back to your divisions and they kind of like disperse out to what you're going to be cleaning on the ship and there's something called knee knockers on the ship right towards like the corridors mm-hmm. so on the corridors you have to like step over if not uh. you're basically gonna like hit your shin mm-hmm. but in those corridors was like a metal a metal covering and it was clean so much that it turned into like chrome mm-hmm. super shiny yeah right when i say busy work that was busy work for us yeah people were shine like cleaning oh my god i can't remember they were cleaning floodlights like inside the floodlights making sure like they weren't there wasn't yeah. any dust and i was like i mean to us we used to call it field day like it was every thursday field day yeah oh okay but yeah. it wasn't no field day like in high school no. you know middle school <laughs> dude my dad there was a moment when we were when he was still active like on Saturdays, mm-hmm. it's like it's field day. Like we knew it was field day, like every other weekend. He would literally walk into the rooms of the bathrooms and like. The white glove. White glove, look at it. No way. Bro. Yeah. Bro. You know, like the, the, like the Hispanic moms wake up with the. Fabuloso. The, fabuloso, <laughs> the cleaning. Yep. Comet. In yeah. the bathrooms. The Ajax on the stove. Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's really what made it easy for me because that was normal. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, you're going to deep clean? Okay, like my mom used to do this. Okay, I'm used to it. I play you know? some music, clean my room. Yeah, you're yeah. good. Yeah. And it's, I think coming into military, like the yelling wasn't it didn't bother me same you know people in your face like the like the rdc's or people like the your ncos or anything Mm -hmm. in your face didn't bother me yep the thing that bothered me was like the politics out of it Mm. you know maybe maybe it was just because where we were at right we were stationed in the east coast Mm -hmm. so we were closer to dc so everything had to be like on point Super politics. You know, I think there was, especially on our ship to where if you didn't know anybody, mm-hmm. you weren't getting promoted. It's crazy. Okay. It was weird. Super weird yeah. how the ship worked. You know, and I'm getting to like, it, it starts out with like with us, right? How we were raised mm-hmm. and how some people can survive in the military. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, to me, looking back, I mean, there's a lot of times where I hated it. Cause I mean, there was, you know, like kind of like corporate punishment. Like yeah. if one person messed up, we all messed up. Yeah. 
And I mean, I understood why, like we're a unit. Yeah. So like you're only as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. So that was kind of like the, you know, not necessarily that all of us got in trouble, yeah. but like what they would make us do. Mm. You know, that's the thing that I was like, man, this is, it's dumb. Yeah. So were you in the, 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 I say the Marines because now it's like a softer. Yeah. You were in the, the era of like, Oh yeah. Like hard nose. Yeah. Like in, um, in boot camp. So basic training, like we were still getting hit for real. Yeah. Like, uh, I remember, I mean, I try to lay low cause I mean, that's, yeah. You know, like I remember, um, you know, I was, you know, on the quarter deck, I was doing push ups. you know, cause it's like, there's free time. So like, they just mess with you. Yeah. You know, and, uh, cause they try to, the thing about the Marine Corps is like, they break you mentally first. Like the first three nights you don't sleep. Dang. Cause they're breaking you mentally. They break you down to nothing. And they tell you that they're like, you're nothing. Like you don't even, you can't even say your name. You speak in third person. You can't this, say I. This recruit. Yeah, this recruit. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh my and God. exactly. And, oh man. Uh, I remember like doing push-ups. This drill instructor comes by, and of course I'm looking down. I didn't give him the the greeting of the day. I wasn't like, oh, good afternoon, sir, or, like good morning, whatever it was. And he stops, says something, kicks me in my chest. And me being a smart Alec that I've always been, when you used to receive mail, you would say received I, I, sir. So here I am like holding my chest. I'm like received I, I, sir. I'm going back at it, you know, but <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> so like, like the, like the hard training and yeah, like your deployments, was there ever like a time where you were like, yo, I'm out. Like you, you just wanted to quit. No. Um, because like I, in a weird sense, I liked it. Mm -hmm. I liked the discipline aspect of it because I was used to it. Yeah. You know? And it's just, um, the, um, I liked the physical aspect of it. I didn't know it at the time, but like, cause I mean, in boot camp, there's a lot of stuff that it's like, it's beyond physical. Like it teaches you what your mind is capable of. Um, and that's the stuff that I, I was like, man, like, you know, during the, as you're going through it, mm -hmm. that's what you're thinking. You're like, yeah. man, like, what am I doing? Like, you know, what did I sign up for? But then once it's done, you're like, man, like I've, you know, I made it through X, Y, Z. And so from there, like I said, you start seeing what what fruit it's producing so <laughs> i'm laughing because of the the beating right yeah but it was it, only through basic yeah it was only through yeah. basic right there it reminded me of um two questions well this question for you right it's on certain times do you go through some place and it remind like the smell of your barracks, mm -hmm. it just hits you like, I know that smell. Yeah. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Do you still remember your, 
Your DIs? I remember their faces. I remember my senior drill instructor. I remember his name. I remember the faces. I just don't remember the names. I remember. So the first night we were in, right? Mm-hmm. Chief Grondon is a Red Sox fan. Mm-hmm. Pedaf Chari. I remember his name because it sounds like Atari and his breath stank. <laughs> <laughs> and Petty Officer Green because he was a fireman and he was skinny. Oh. And then there was this Jamaican, this Jamaican Petty Officer, bro. His uniform was creased up so clean. Hair done up. I'm like, this is this is a cakewalk. This is a cakewalk for you. Like being here. But I remember him coming up to my face. He's Jamaican. And he was short. And he looks up at me and he goes, I'm going to make it to a point that you remember my name. Uh-uh. He goes, you're going to remember my name. And I was like, yes, Petty Officer. Can't come back, right? So one day, we're in swim. And it's what? And the negatives? In Chicago. So we're going to swim. You're ice skating. Yeah, it was cold, bro. It was cold. And in the in boot, you're not supposed to take any medication that's not yours. Like, if it doesn't have your name, you can't take it. Even a cough drop. So I asked my, my bunkie, I was like, yo, hey, you got a cough drop? He's like, yeah. So he slides me one. While we're in um, information. And one person saw him slide it to me. And they told. Mm. And it was a female. That female was also on the same ship as me. I remember her. So she told him. Because she was the medic. That you know they give you jobs. Yeah. She told him. And. It's nine o'clock at night. We've showered. We brush our teeth. We're in our racks, getting ready to go to bed. Light hits it. Boom. Petty Officer Green comes in. <laughs> at that time, mm. they call us airmen, right? It's like airmen conception, front and center. Comes in. Boom. I'm in front of the entire barracks. They bring in the girls. And he looks at me and goes, you want to be a drug dealer in my Navy? I was like, you know how I wear my emotion on my face? Yeah. I was like, what? And he goes, what? Lock and load. Bro, I had to lock my feet in one of the bunks, and he was like, up. And I, it's like halfways. Yeah. So that for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's because I said, what? And he goes, back up. He beat me for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Sweating. And yeah. he goes, back in your rack. Because I told you you can remember my name. He leaves. I was like, oh my God. And then at the end, he was like, I'm proud of who you become. <laughs> yeah. Like, You're what? Like, what did I sign up for? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, that question, like, what am I doing here? Was when I went, when I went to the ship. The ship was getting tugged. I, th- I think I told you the ship was yeah. getting tugged in. They were coming back from a deployment and it died out. Like, it just blacked out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Wait, wait, what? The ship. But you were on it? No. Oh, I was about to say. I was I was getting I was being put in there, so I was waiting for the ship to come back in. Mm. 
and they were coming back from deployment. And um, I, they they come to my door and they knock and they said, uh, "Airman Inception ships here. We got to move you out." So I'm like, "All right." This was like a week I was there, mm-hmm. living in the barracks, <laughs> comfortable. <laughs> and um, I walk up and it's this huge gray ship. I'm in the cold. Coming from Texas, I'm in the cold. I'm like. What the hell did I just get myself into? What the hell? And at that point, I was like, I got to make what's best for me right now. Because I know I know, good and well, I will not be happy on this ship. You know? And it's like, sometimes people in the militaries, they just do it for either to get out of their, their situation. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they do it anymore with the courts, right? No. No, before, like, you would get a choice. Yeah. You know, but I don't, no, I don't think they do that anymore. Either I, jail I remember, or, or Marines. Yeah, like, I remember when, um, whenever I joined, like, after boot camp, you know, um, I came back, and they call it a recruiter's, recruiter's assistance. Like, you know, you pretty much just extra leave. And, um, and from there, like, this was 2005, so, like I said, they were pretty much just, like, trying to up their numbers. Yeah. Mm. And so there was this guy that, you know, was trying to join. And, you know, they were like, do you have any warrants? And he's like, yeah. Or, no, he's like, um, do you have any felonies? And he's like, yeah, I have one. And he's like, man, he's like, we can't take you. I was like, bug, go next door to the Army. He's like, they'll take you. <laughs> so, like, you had, you know, felons in the military. Yeah. Yeah, you had gang members in the military, yeah. bro. Mm. Yeah. yeah when i was when i got on the ship there was a group of dudes they always ran together mm-hmm. and i just got like real cool with them they're from atlanta and they tried to run the scheme like on the ship they, they were yeah. telling everybody about this little scheme that they were doing they would do like calls out to each other like, across the across the ship yeah I remember it, but I'm not going to call it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, hootie who? They used to do call outs, but you knew who they were. And I think one of them, two of them got in trouble for what they were doing. It's crazy because, like, you just never know in who. In the military. In the military. You yeah. never know who you're going to run up to or who you're going to be talking to. They come from different walks of life, different upbringings. Yeah. But that's the beauty of it, though. Like, that's one of the things that I loved when I was in the military is, like, the people you met. There's yeah. so many backgrounds. You know, there's so many cultures Yeah, that you run into. Like, one of the things that I took that I loved was different music. You know, what people listen to. Like, it opened me to a lot more music. Yeah. You know, like, I'd be like, what is this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, I never listen. I mean, being from Texas, you'd be surprised. I never really listened to country music uh-huh. until I went in the Marine Corps. And I feel like a lot of Marines listen to country music. Yeah. Does it hit different, though, when you're out, like, in deployment and you're listening oh, to country yeah. You always have someone that knows how to play guitar, and they're just like, you know, when there's downtime. And that's really what gets you through hard times out there. Yeah. You know, there's people that know, like, if there, there's always one person that knows how to play guitar. Yeah. 
And um, that's one of the things, like, I remember, like, uh, like, I love now, one of my favorite bands now, it's, like, ACDC. Mm-hmm. Never listened to them before until I was in the Marine Corps. Dang. Like, CCR is probably one of my favorite bands now. Same thing. It, bro, it's, it's weird how you come up with just different people. But I, Marines, they listen to a lot of rock and a lot of country. Yeah. A lot of heavy metal. And it's it's like it's what they listen to. This is this is what maybe what I'm getting to or what I'm getting it from it. They listen to the heavy metal to prepare themselves before they go out the wire. Mm-hmm. And then the yep. country when you the get con- back. when you get back just to like smooth out. Mm. You know that, to, that's so true because I remember we used to blast heavy metal music when we were leaving because mm-hmm. it's kind of like. Kind of like it now, looking back, reminds me of like, um, um, I just drew a blank with that movie, Mad Max. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like looking back. Like we were blasting heavy metal music, like here we come. Your Humvees, yeah. were they were they the full, fully protected Armored? ones? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the regular No, it wasn't like. Sheet. Yeah. No, like <laughs> sheet metal on the side. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. So y'all yeah. were. Yeah. It's weird. Have you ever seen Top Gun? The -hmm. original one? No. Mm -hmm. You seen it? Yeah. So you know Top Gun was filmed on the Enterprise, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the ship I was on. So they had, like, the captain's feet, like... But the air boss that was on there... So we we used to have fob walks across the the deck just to see if there's any, like... Debris. Debris. Yeah. And he would always play... The danger zone. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so do you guys are really living this one up? <laughs> you guys aren't gonna let this one on go. to it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man, it, the military is it's it's a it's it's a crazy life. Like the years that you're in there, and then I want to say the early years. Yeah, but once you get into like the later on years, it's kind of like, okay, now you've strained out. You've you get burnt the, out. You get burnt out. Yeah. The career's ready, you know? Mm-hmm. So once you left the Marines, yeah. what was the transition like? It was hard. Probably one of the hardest things. Because, I mean, I was, the Marine Corps is, like, all I knew. Yeah. Like, I joined. I enlisted at 17. Got out, you know, went in technically at 18. Got out at um, 18, 27, because I did nine years. And then... They really don't prep you. They kind of like, it's just like a check in the box. It's like, all right, you're getting out. You have to go through this class. <laughs> Dang. They teach you like how to write a resume. But like I said, it's all check in the box, mm-hmm. you know? So like you leave overconfident. You're like, oh, I'm marketable. Everyone's going to want to hire me. Like, you know, like I'm God's gift yeah. on this earth. And then you get out and man, reality like slaps you in the face. Oh, it you did you did you. infantry? Yeah. <laughs> what did you learn in infantry? Yeah. Like what was like you know the job? It's the job. Yeah. That you chose, and and I mean I had a technical job whenever I was in the military, which did transition out, mm-hmm. but I wasn't as prepared as I should have been because I didn't think I had to. Damn. And then so, we moved to San Antonio, and because Monica's from San Antonio. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not moving back to Houston. Like, mm-hmm. it's the reason why I left. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't know anybody. You know, 
here I am trying to find a job. Ended up, and it's a humbling experience because I was like, at that time, I started working for um, Time Warner Mm -hmm. at the time. And I was going to school. Yeah. And uh, I just could not transition. Because, like I said, the military is all I knew. And then once you get out, and it's, I think it's the same with a lot of veterans. It's like, you get to regular nine to five, and you're like, what's this? Like, there's, like this isn't normal. Mm-hmm. So like that transition period is tough. Like I would say it was probably one of my darkest moments of my life was that like within, I never wanted to realize it. And like Monica noticed it before I did, mm-hmm. like she was trying to like come in, but I wouldn't let her, you know, I just like, I wouldn't open up. I was like, no, like I'm gonna figure this out. Like, you know, but I couldn't. Like I was in such a dark place that like a lot of veterans, you know, and it's sad to say it, but like, I see why. Cause I mean, I was in that place too, mm-hmm. that dark place where I was like, you know what? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So now I see why veterans take their lives. Yeah. Because man, like you see, it's like, you don't see a way out and that's the only way out. Mm-hmm. And during the freedom conference, man, it was supernatural. It was like, God took me in a time warp. Like back whenever I was like seven years old, 12 years old, 17. And whenever I was, um, at the time I was 28 at the darkest moment of my life. And it's like, God was showing me. He's like, I was there. Mm. I didn't know it. But it was like God was showing me. He's like, I was right there with you. That Freedom Conference. Oof, man. And that's why I w- I'm so grateful to be teaching it because it's like, you know, this is what he did for me. Yeah. And all he, all God asks is for you to surrender. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. You know, because like, what did he say? Like, there's no weapon formed against me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, like I said, you know, but I was still battling. And that's whenever I, you know, after I decided, like I said, that's whenever I ended up ordering my, my memorial bracelet. I was like, no, like I cannot take my life. You know, there's something bigger than mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So we started going to, um, I started going to church and that's whenever I started believing the message. Like every Sunday that we went, it was like the pastor was speaking to me yeah mm-hmm. you know um but we didn't go every sunday like it was just like here and there and then i started catching on to it and i was like no this this is i want to really know who jesus is mm-hmm. and so whenever i was going through that church i gave my life to christ i got baptized but there was still something missing yeah. And I didn't know that until I got to Grace Avenue. And like I said, I gave my life to Christ and I thought things were going to get easier. <laughs> oh man, I was <laughs> sadly mistaken. Nope. And, um, so, um, you know, one of the things that whenever found, cause now I'm in car sales, I started working at this dealership. You know, pretty much I lived there, you know, working till midnight, 
two in the morning, come back, do it at eight thirty all over again. I hardly ever saw Monica. I got home, she was you know, she was asleep. Yeah. Like I was so tired that she was already gone to work by the time I was waking up to get ready for work. And so like it really tore us apart. You know, we were broken. And uh to the point where like we were we were gonna call it quits. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic happened. Mm. <laughs> and uh but this was like right before the pandemic happened. Like I was so far gone. Like I didn't even know who I was anymore. You know, I had like we didn't go to church anymore. I didn't read scripture, like none of that. Because it was replaced. Because I was uh, idolizing money. Yeah. Mm. You know, I had money on an alt- altar. And so, like I said, I was so far gone and I've shared this with a few people. God had called me and to just like get away. And I had told Monica, I was like, you know what? I was like, this is what's going on. I was like, I'm going to go. And she thought I was crazy because I love being in the outdoors. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, I'm going to go to the woods. You know, I was like, I'm going to go for a few days. I was like, whenever I come back. It's going to be me. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah. sure enough, here I go, you know, turn off my phone, go out in the woods, just took a sleeping bag and then some MREs. You didn't have a tent? No. Roughing it. Dang. In the bed of the truck. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> he, made his own, he made his own tent, cut yeah. down a tree, yeah. of leaves, like a... All bare, bare grills. <laughs> And, well, uh, I was like, when you said rough, I was like, damn, you're just living nah. straight ground. That's a, that's a naked and afraid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you dug yourself a rut. Exactly. You know, dug up a, a foxhole. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, no, I was out there, and that's really where I felt God's presence. Yeah. You know, because I was, like, crying out to him, man. I was like, help me. You know, like, in those three days, like I said, it was just that transformation, like, realignment. Yeah. And then came back, and I was like, we need to find a church. And a friend of ours invited us to Grace Avenue. Um, well, let me backtrack, because our son was born, Jackson, mm-hmm. during all this. Came back, Jackson was born, and it's like my life turn. You know, it was like a flip of a switch. Like, Jackson was born, and then I was like, you know, have a new reason to live. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like my son, like that we always prayed for, he's born. You know, like we've been wanting to have a family for so long and I was going to throw it away. And then Jackson's born and it was like magical, man. Like he comes out to doctor, like lifts him up and I'm like, and it was just perfect because there was like a light behind. It was like shining so bright. You know, to me it was blinding. And I was like, man, like I'm a father. Yeah. You know, and that's why I can't fathom like some fathers that are absent. It's like, man, like it's God's gift. It truly is. If you think about it, they're miracles. Yeah. You know. Um. When you're, when you're saying during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and you told Monica that you needed that you guys needed to find a church. 
Did you guys, was that your first time coming in Easter? Um, it was in August. It was like towards late August of, um, it was August of 2021. So this was like, we had gone through a year of like rebuilding mm. and we were raising Jackson and, um, so like I said, August of 21 is when we went. And I remember, like, we are in the parking lot because we got there early. And I just, like, remember praying, too. I was like, you know, because we were broken. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, you know, we we're sitting in the parking lot, broken. Doors open. We walk in. And it was just real. Like, the doors opened up. Everyone was so welcoming, you know. And, and I was like. This can't be real. <laughs> it's almost like the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. And that's really what it felt like. Like yeah. I had given my life to Christ, got, you know, persuaded by the enemy or um, deception. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Mm. And then found Grace Avenue. And it's like, it was like, this is where we're planting our roots. Like this is where our family is going to grow. Mm hmm. And like I said, Jackson, he was one. Monica was pregnant with Jonah. And it's like, this is it. And it's like I said, last month was a year that we've been going there. Dang. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've seen, I've seen your journey, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's been leaps and bounds, man. But you're an example of a man that who has laid it out, laid everything out to Christ yeah. and he's able to work in you and through you. Yeah. And now like your testimony is going to be able to help other men. Absolutely. With their journey mm-hmm. and being able to surrender and being open and um, like truly find who Christ is. Right. Yeah. And you truly have to believe like whenever they say like to be born again, it's, the old you is dead. You know, like it's no longer I who live, mm-hmm. but Christ that lives through me. Yeah. And you truly have to believe that because you have to surrender like what your flesh desires. And it's tough. Like it's a daily battle. You know? <laughs> but like I think to me it resonates clearly being in the military, like yeah. being in like physical war. Now it's like you're fighting another war, but it's spiritual. Mm. Yeah. So being a dad of two boys, mm-hmm. being a husband, where do you find the time to fill your cup? It's tough. Like it's not, uh, and that's one of the things that like you have to transition because I, I love routine. Yeah. Mm. You know, I love this is how I start my morning. You know, this is like my time and stuff like that. But now you have to make time, you know, cause there's times where I wake up in the morning, I'm tired and I want to sleep in, but I'll read scripture. Like anytime I can at work, where there's dead time, I'll read scripture at work. Yeah. I'll listen to podcast. I mean, I have 20 minute commute. So like I'll listen to podcasts. I'll listen to worship music, like anything that can fill my cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
filling your cup is an important thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember going through a marriage class and the teacher was saying to don't allow your children to be first in your marriage. Yeah. Because they're just temporary. Mm-hmm. Temporary in your household. Yeah. Because once they leave, you either still have your identity with your wife and with yourselves, mm-hmm. or you don't because you've poured everything into your children that you no longer have that togetherness yeah. and that oneness. Now that you guys are really diving into your faith and mm-hmm. really working your marriage out, right? Yeah. What is something that you as a husband is that you're doing with your wife that's keeping you guys aligned? And this is just recent. Like there's been a lot of revelation that's been happening during this last year. Um, and now with Monica, like I truly now see that our marriage is a covenant under God. Mm. Like her and I are one flesh. Like if you're hurting, I'm hurting. Yeah. You know, and um, so like right now it's kind of tough with two boys, like to try to do a date night. You know, so like, um, you know, at night, like we'll watch like a show or what we started doing now because now it's like it's eye opening to where all right, like our marriage is like we really are a covenant. We're going to we both pursue God individually Mm -hmm. and now we're reading scripture together Mm -hmm. because like, you know, we're both getting our own individual um, cups being filled. So now it's like we're filling like our, our marriage cup. Mm-hmm. Like we're setting, I mean, it's like I say, we're going on nine years, but like before we were just relying on love mm-hmm. to get us through it, <laughs> you know, yeah. but love, I mean, can only take you so far. Yeah. But now it's like, we're setting that foundation in Christ. And then from there, like I said, our marriage is based off of that. The way we're raising our kids is based off of that. And to me, it's making it easier. It's making it easier being a father, a loving father, because I have an earthly or a heavenly father yeah. that loves me. Mm-hmm. So like once I felt that and um, I'm able to receive it, I'm able to give it. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that took some work. Because us as men, we tend to hold in a lot of stuff. And if your cup's full of what's what this world is of, like jealousy, bitterness, hatred, how are you going to be able to receive love? Mm-hmm. There's no room. Yeah. It's good because, you know, we, we've talked about this before that you really can't... Um, Accept those blessings that are coming to you if you've continued to like just, like you said, if your cup is full of all the worldly and fleshly things mm-hmm. and God's really trying to um, fill you up, how? Yeah. When everything, when when your cup has been just filled with just nastiness, yeah. 
and he's like waiting for you just to just pour all that out. Yeah. Pour it out to where you're just empty and you're just like now you're able to fill it. You've seen that exercise to where it's like um like the the hat like the fist is is closed mm-hmm. and they take like beans and they pour it over the hand and the beans are an example of God's blessings coming to you. Oh. And your hand is closed, right? But you, f- yeah. you, you think you're blessed. You think that you're ex- you're accepting it, but once you kind of like start to open up, and you accept it, and it's just like overflowing that you just can't, you can't bear it anymore. It's like, yeah, that's what he's waiting for. You know, yeah. he's like waiting you get, for it. You get a taste of it, and you want more. You want more. Yeah, it's crazy, and. Mm-hmm. I think when you said coming to Grace Avenue, when the when the doors opened up, it's like this can't be real. Yeah, and that's the one. Like I said, the previous church that we were at, there was one thing missing, and that was community. Mm. And we found that in Grace Avenue. Yeah, and not just that, but the other thing that I found was brotherhood. Oh yeah, yeah. like that's another thing that I was missing post military. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like. You know, I've gotten to know you guys, and there's, like, other guys that, you know, like, they're my brothers. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I recently shared was, man, even in the military, like, people would tell you, I love you. Mm. And to me, it was cringeworthy. I was like, <laughs> like, you know, because I didn't know how to receive it. Yeah. Like, my dad never told us, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. <sighs> None of that. So whenever I was in the military and like brothers of mine, they're like, man, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Like I couldn't even say it back. Yeah. Cause I didn't know how to receive it. And then, so it wasn't until, you know, Grace Avenue, like God revealing all these stuff that I was holding in that I was finally able to let go. I knew what love was yeah. mm-hmm. like true love. For so a brother. Mentioning love, right? Yeah. And not hearing it as a child mm-hmm. or not hearing the, I'm proud of you, right? Yeah. I remember the first time someone other than my dad mm-hmm. saying, I'm proud of you. But I broke down. Yeah. It's weird as a grown man to hear someone else say, I'm proud of you. And it's like, oh, I've been waiting for that. Mm-hmm. You mean, Yeah. You've been wanting it. I've been wanting it. Yeah. And it's like you you try to do certain things to prove it. And it's yeah. like you're not getting it. So what I'm getting at is I've heard that if you say like, oh, I'm proud of you, son, or I love you, like you, like you just reaffirm it to your child. It's like the more you say it, it's kind of getting watered down. Do you believe mm. that? I don't think so because like, I tell my son every night or every day, I love you. Yeah. Because I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, um, and it's like that stuff that you try to instill in them. Yeah. You know, because like I said, I didn't, I didn't really know how to be a father because I don't have that example. And then everything that I've been learning has been on the fly. And then now reading scripture, it's like, you know, have the perfect example. Yeah. It's like, I think when, when I told someone that I, I kind of got offended, mm-hmm. 
I was like, well, the more you say it, it's, like it's going to be watered down. And God continues to tell me, show and tell me that he loves me. It's yeah. never going to be watered down. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to take it. You know? Yeah. I want Maverick to know that his when he gets older, my dad loved me. Absolutely. He showed it. He said it. Mm-hmm. I felt it. He would never have to question it. Never. Yeah. Never. If 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 he does something that I'm proud of him for it, he may even see me cry. Mm-hmm. Like I think when he was doing soccer, right? Mm. I was walking him. Dude, Ashley didn't see it. But seeing that little boy walk with his little uniform and ready to play soccer. Yeah. Like you're only two and you you you're ready to like I cried a little bit. Like, yeah. Well, like yeah. <laughs> I choked up whenever uh, I dropped off Jackson his first day of pre- uh, preschool. I remember, like, we were pulling up, and I was praying over him. Yeah. And as I was praying over him, man, I got choked up. Because I was like, man, like, you're my son. Like, you're part of me. Yeah. And now you're going to preschool, you know, with strangers, like, building your relationships. Yeah. Building friendships. I'm like, man, like you're only two years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you and Monica are, are setting that example, right? Like you guys are building that foundation for him and, and Jonah to like mm-hmm. mom and dad built this for us. Oh yeah. You know, this foundation is never going to waver. Exactly. It's not going to falter because you guys are building it for them. You know, I think it, it's everyone like Sam, he's building this foundation for his future children. So that when they stand on it and they it's firm, they know where it's coming from. Absolutely, you know, it's no they know where it's built from, and it's just like every child that's in Grace Avenue, and it's 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 le- starting with all of us. Mm-hmm. It's starting with the men of yeah. of the home and the women, the wives, yeah. to show that example and to build and show them like we're breaking that generational curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I heard someone, <laughs> um, someone say, "Don't say you're breaking it, like you're building, like you're expanding it," because sometimes we shouldn't want to forget our past, yeah, because that's what's mm. that's what actually built us yeah. to where we're at now. Like, yeah, we're expanding it, we're not breaking it because we break it. It's like I'm not not trying to discredit what you're yeah. saying, you know, but it's like now you've now you've forgotten where you've come from, yeah. You know, it's like, no, we're just, we're building upon it. That's mm-hmm. our, that's our testimony. That's where our history and yeah. what we can show somebody like I've come from this. Yeah. And yeah. And I, yeah. And I see that too. Cause like, like I said, being, you know, uh, my parents being Mexican, like I don't want my boys to forget where they came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like once they're old enough, I want to, cause I mean, I talk to them in Spanish whenever it's just us, like us three. Um, like I'll talk to him in Spanish because I was like, you guys are going to speak Spanish. Yeah. You know, you're going to know your heritage. You're going to know your roots. You know, so that's why I do it. You know, because um, there's, like you're saying, like not to break it, like learn from their past or where they come from. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. <sighs> this is a good one. I thought we could keep on going. I feel like <laughs> part two. I, I really do. I feel like we can really keep going. You know, there's, there's, there's more to your, your faith journey, you know, like yeah. 
and your marriage that I know you can build up, you know, and, you know, maybe we can do a part two. Um, but I kind of want to leave people with like wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> it's a taste. <laughs> it's a little taste. Because, you know, I know we've jumped from where we're at right now, but I know you and Monica's marriage have, it's gone through a few things, oh, yeah. you know, for you guys to get to this point. Yeah, we've gone through our trials. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at yeah, we'll we'll save that one. Yeah, we'll save that one. Maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a couples one. Yeah, you know, we'll bring Monica on. It'd be great, and maybe you guys can just like share, you know, our journey. Your, your journey. Yeah. What do you got to say say to the um, dads, man, and husbands? To the dads, I mean, it's tough. You know, it's tough, but like I said, no matter the frustrations, like. God hears your prayers. Like God knows what's in your heart and like just surrender it. Like whatever, like that moment of frustration, like that moment of anger, just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Sit back and enjoy it. It's good. It's a wild ride. <laughs> enjoy that ride, man. Well, we appreciate, we appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. It was fun. What do you guys think about the, um, the bruise like it <laughs> the um, like i said the first one tastes like to me it tastes like sangria and then it had kind of like a little bit of aftertaste of like a michelada yeah like the little tanginess like zangy. of it yeah zang sam the first one to me tasted like welch welch's grape juice <laughs> but it was good <laughs> the and the second one was was good too. yeah it tastes like a sunset yeah. yeah it's tropical it's real it's guava passion mm. fruit oh wow yeah it's good man we didn't introduce the second one it was just like a bonus yeah yeah but um that's episode eight for you guys Damn, already already i think we might go a little bit longer with this with the season yeah maybe we go longer yeah we can go a little bit longer i know it, this the season's been really good and it's been good to us you get the our, our fans and our people have been really good to us so we'll, we'll keep going um that's it man i know you got you got something coming up in october what yeah vacation oh like about a week yeah you thought you thought you had a month i know i thought i had a month <laughs> I thought, I, we were talking last week he's like hey uh you're leaving in like two weeks and i'm like no bro i'm leaving like a month he's like no you're leaving in like two weeks but well, technically it's next month next month October it's uh, true yeah hope you guys enjoyed it we enjoy having you guys and listen to us hope you guys are living a loving life take that leap mm. take it God knows what he has for you just trust him until then it's your boy B it's your boy Sam and thank you Joe for it's hopping true. on the pod thanks brother With that being said peace peace love you guys peace